Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy, joined by Tron Carter. Tron, good afternoon. How are you, man? Hey, Big. I'm good. I'm good. I'm here in uh, here in Florida for a couple of days, or I'm leaving tomorrow, meeting meeting you out in Oregon. But uh, yeah, good to be with you, my man. And also with you. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors, our good, good friends at Precision Pro Golf. There's been a lot of talk about range finders recently. But TC, the biggest news yet, Precision Pro Golf is proud to announce the launch of the smartest, most personalized rangefinder ever, the R1 Smart Rangefinder. It's available for limited pre-order at precisionprogolf.com. TC, this thing is the rangefinder reinvented, combining the functions of laser, GPS, and cell phone all into one device. At its core, the R1 Smart Rangefinder is a premier rangefinder But once you pair it to the powerful Precision Pro app on your smartphone, the R1 helps golfers see the course in a completely new way. Listen to these features. Slope-adjusted distances, GPS distance to the front, center, and back of the green, wind assist, which measures the effect the wind will have on each shot, and the Find My Precision Pro function, which alerts you when the rangefinder has been left behind, meaning you'll never lose your rangefinder again. Valuable asset uh tool feature on any rangefinder ever easily easily tc i haven't even said the most innovative feature yet that is the precision pros game changing new my slope technology my slope creates a customized measurement that's specific to you and your environment by combining a golfer's unique ball data with real-time weather data The golfer's launch angle, ball speed, spin rate are combined with the temperature, altitude, and humidity to create a distance that's tailored to you and no one else. Because if it isn't personalized, it isn't precise. So right now, listeners, the R1 Smart Rangefinder, the Rangefinder Reinvented, is available for pre-order at precisionprogolf.com. Order today because inventory is limited. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. And now on to Mr. GZ. Thank you very much, Mr. Jeezy. I mentioned before, I'm Randy, joined by Tron Carter. Tron, we've been we've had a busy few weeks recently, uh, but it's good to be back together again. It is. It is. Going back to that Precision Pro ad, you know, I was worried about you going out to altitude and stuff. Lowest spin player in the world going out to altitude. Not anymore, man. You got an ace in your back pocket now. It's, it feels like cheating on the test almost if, if they can combine all that and, and give me the actual distance. Yeah, as long as you're still hitting cups, I'm, I'm cool with it. Exactly. I want to say we, I haven't got my hands on it yet. Um, I am very eager to see it and to try it. Um, I, I think it's, it's going to be fantastic. So um, TC, where do we start? First of all, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still recovering from my apology, uh, my apology video. Uh, that I had to record yesterday. Tough, tough. You know, I, I, it was an honest mistake. People are asking me, hey, how, how could you have made this mistake? Uh, Freddie asked me what I did wrong. Alex was like, what, like, what's going on? Why are you, like, why are you recording this? Um, uh, you know, Hideki birdied like two out of his last four to beat Neiman by one shot. I thought I had it in the bag. It was, you know, honest mistake. So it, it was a it was a true Dewey defeats Truman moment for you. Yeah, and then I went and then I went to Splash World. You know, <laughs> and I totally forgot about it. And I woke up, I was so hungover, and I had to record something. And you know, I mean, I, I put like forty five seconds into my picks that morning too. Uh, it was you know just it was tough, just a tough deal. TC, on behalf of all listeners, thank you so much for your courage, your bravery, and your determination through this most difficult time. I appreciate your support, Randy. I know, I know that one day I'll be able to get back in, in your good graces. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, last week, uh, what, Memorial Week, uh, U.S. Open 
U.S. Open in San Francisco. Um, I, I feel like we've had a, a good, yeah, busy stretch of golf here. A lot of Corn Ferry, Euro Tour. Um, begs the question, what, where are we going this week, TC? We thought about going up to the UP for the Symmetra Tour event uh, up mm. at the Island Resort. That, that place looks fantastic. Um, I may have to carve out, you know, carve out a couple of days to get up there when I'm, when I'm up in Michigan for vacation. But, uh, uh, you know, we looked at, we looked at corn Ferry tour, Greenville, South Carolina, um, been there, kind of covered it before, uh, they're, they're in rural South Carolina or in North of Savannah, basically West of, of, of Hilton head, this week, obviously, you know, we don't have to tell you about Hilton Head, you know, in that area, of that part of the country, you've, you've uh, got your timeshare and everything down there, but um, we're, we're going to go, we're going to go totally different, you know, and LPGA is still in San Francisco. They're at Lake Merced this week. We are going to Scandinavia, Sweden, more specifically. Hell yes. You know, we just wanted to mix it up a little bit and I'm genuinely, I could not be more excited for this tournament. Like it's, it's not a, it's not, Oh, the, like the men and the ladies are playing the same course. It's like, no, like they're playing against each other in the same exact event, like for the same purse. It, there's, you know, 60, 65 people make, make the cut. Like it, it's not by gender. It's like, you know, if the, if 40 of the 65 scores are ladies, then 40 ladies make the cut. If 55 of the low scores are men, 55 out of the 65 make the cut are men, you know, like there's, it is truly, a uh a sweepstakes it's a <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked it's so. it's awesome uh just hearing you describe it um i i don't i i kind of thought i knew what it entailed but um i'm even more excited just just listening to that description i'm furiously searching i i hope we get the early morning coverage on golf channel this week and it looks like we do um 7 a.m eastern Thursday, Friday, and then 7.30, Saturday, Sunday. So that's fantastic to hear. I may have to wake up. We'll be out, we'll be out in Oregon. I may have to wake up on Sunday morning super, super early. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. 4.30 <laughs> Pacific time. Uh, but I take it all back. There's no way I'm going to be able to watch it now. Just Darn record it. it, Randy. Just record it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to Sweden. Uh, a place that is near and dear to you. I, I think everybody listening probably knows uh, you've, you, your wife is, is Swedish of Swedish ancestry. Um, so you have, you know, a, a lot of insight and a little bit of experience with, with Sweden. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a minority in my family where my kids are like, my whole family is dual citizens, except for me. Yeah. I, I'm just American, right? They're, American and Swedish passports, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, before we get to our guests today, uh, we got a little bit of ground to cover. So what, what, what's top of mind for you? What, what are you burning on right now? Gosh, did you see this sting operation that, uh, that I think Interpol and, and a few, you know, a few other coordinated agencies around the world did? Well, you, you said over the links, so I've been trying to peruse a little bit, but I, I have to admit I'm not too well-versed in it just yet. The FBI and Australian officials developed an encrypted device company, which eventually gave them access to hundreds of criminal networks. So they're just, you know, getting deep in all sorts of organized crime syndicates. So was it an, so the, did they like develop an app or something that people didn't know was FBI related? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like we're dealing with some truly stupid criminals here. Oh boy. Um, well, that's fun. It looks like what they, they seized eight tons of cocaine. I don't have to tell you TC, that's a lot of cocaine and more than 48 million, uh, us dollars. Huh? That's it's wild, right? Yeah. Operation Trojan shield, very aptly named there. Um, shout out, you know, shout out to, uh, some mythology there. Uh, just going back through my notes from the last, last week or so, uh, I hate seeing your guy, Lewis DeJoy. The uh, the postmaster general under federal investigation over campaign contributions, you know, just sounds like kind of just a truly bad guy. I I don't know why you would even insinuate that he's my guy, TC. You know that I love the United States Parcel Service, Postal Service, and as uh, such, you should love the postmaster general, right? 
I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have to swear just un, unfettered allegiance to him. Uh, he seems like a little bit of a sick individual trying to gum up the works of the USPS. I will say, just think about the, the, the Postal Service is one of the most incredible things that we have devised and created. If you, if you really stop and think about it, that I can, you know, write a letter, address it, go outside my door, drop it in a little slot. And then a couple of days later, it can literally get not only anywhere in the country, really anywhere in the world. If I put the proper postage on it, that the logistics of that blows my mind. Randy, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's a, it's, you know, it, I think the the interesting thing about the postal service is it, seems to be devolving, right? As technology increases and, and this stuff should actually get even more efficient, it's somehow becoming more and more costly and, you know, just more inefficient, right? Yeah. I, and some of that's just lack of investment and being gutted from the inside out, but, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know enough about the financial situation. I, I'm sure there's other things that work there, but I, I don't know. I, I'm looking, there have to be, I, I need to read a good book about the history of the, the U.S. I would love to. I think that's a, that would be a great like book report kind of yeah. thing. If, if anybody listening wants to recommend, you know, if, if you've read a, a book uh, about the USPS, let us know on, on Twitter or wherever. Uh, like Randy, there was a big article. I can't remember whether it was Wall Street Journal or New York Times or Business Week or something. This was maybe a year and a half. This was pre-pandemic. Um, it was about... Do you know who the the head of Amtrak is? I couldn't tell you the name. Uh, the the ex CEO of Delta. Really? Yeah, I think Richard Anderson. Huh. I'm I'm showing a Stephen Gardner just recently named. Okay, maybe he maybe he stepped down. Uh, Richard Anderson. He did. He stepped down in uh, in 2020. So maybe maybe the maybe the pandemic. Uh, Oh, it, it was just a three-year commitment, I guess. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, um, another fascinating, fascinating kind of public. Company, yeah. Well, an Amtrak, um, I've read Amtrak really is interested in Colorado. They would love to build out a line that goes north-south on the front range that connects almost like Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Pueblo, Colorado. I don't know if they go further south than that, but um I feel like they need to we'll they see. need to invest in some just get the train going up I seventy too. I mean yeah. that's like a no brainer. Like you can you can gouge people on rates up to the ski resorts so they don't have to sit in traffic on the way up there. Uh, there's some there's some train that runs to Winter Park, I believe, is yeah. the only ski resort accessible by train from downtown Denver. But um, TC, I, I don't know if we'll ever see high-speed rail in this country. Uh, I would love it, though. I, I know that's feels like a bit of a pipe dream, maybe. Uh, I will, you know, that was kind of a double entendre, too. A pipe dream. You know, maybe the, the boring company or something like that. Um, other infrastructure, logistics, transportation news. Uh, my hitters at United Airlines. Oh, my God. Announcing... You know, they've got options on supersonic planes from Boom. That was exciting. I, I legitimately got excited reading that. Um, yeah, there's 15, 15 jets capable of supersonic flight. Obviously, you know, I think they're probably looking at 2030 at the earliest here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and that's probably even wishful thinking. But, yeah, you know, I, I aim for the stars. If you fail, you or whatever. Aim for the stars. You think that you might land on the moon. I don't know what it is. But. Fool me. Just don't fool. Just don't get fooled. That that's incredible. I'll hand it to United. That was exciting. Uh, I got down a little bit of a rabbit hole there. One, there was a cool video about uh, the revitalization of supersonic air travel. There are a couple different companies. It sounds like Boom is more focused on commercial air flight. There was one, I forget the name of it offhand, that is trying to get into like the private uh, supersonic air flight game. Uh, Seems like an expensive racket for a, for an individual. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, things are percolating there, which is fun. I, I'm a little sad that I don't remember much of the Concord era. Like, I think I was just a little too young, not really paying attention to what all that entailed. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a commentary on air travel these days where I was excited on a 
flight from Madison, Wisconsin to Chicago that we were on one of these, there's like CRJs, but United redid their CRJs and, and like half the plane is, is like first class. And yeah. then there's a little galley that you can go get your own snacks out of if you're in first class. And like, that's, that's, that's the paltry shit that makes me excited these days as far huh. as, you know, domestic air travel. I, um, I flew on a uh, 737 MAX out to Philadelphia the other week for Coins event. They're back, baby. They're back, yeah. And I got to say, I don't know if it was just the, the weather conditions or what, but it was smooth. It, <laughs> it, was, it was a nice flight. Well, good. Randy, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're with us, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, God, what else we got? We got uh, uh, NBA, NBA playoffs. Um, you know, I don't have to tell you. My, you know, I think, I think the city of Dallas owes you an apology. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking, can Luca, you know, can, can Luca get to the Western Conference Finals? I, I don't know. Um, Porzingis blows, like straight up. Tough, tough series for Porzingis. Uh, I mean, in all in all seriousness, Luca put up some ridiculous stat lines. Hard to blame him personally. Um, he needs a little bit of help, though. I and think then, uh, you know my Hawks. Uh, obviously, just just diehard Hawks fan here. Uh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a Trey Young guy, but he's playing some exceptional basketball. Uh, love to see them knocking off the Knicks. Uh, and you know, I think they're, they're going to be a problem for the Sixers. Yes, they are. That was a, I watched a lot of that game one, uh, actually on a flight and yeah, that Hawks team, man, when they're making shots that they, they're scoring it from pretty much all five positions. Trey young is good, uh, good offensive player. I, it kind of the NBA playoffs are coming up TC right now between your jazz, your sons, your Hawks. Your Nets. I know you're a huge Nets guy. Uh, um, I hate the Nets. I hate it just, but you won't, like between KD and Kyrie and Harden, I don't, I'm not sure you could find three more unlikable players to partner. Uh, I just, you know, what's the deal with Harden? He's out. He's he's donezo with the hamstring. Or oh god, I didn't I didn't even see that. They just beat the crap out of the Bucks last night. I know without without Harden too. Harden didn't like, even play. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's concerning. Um, so. But we might have to start asking some tough questions about the Bucks if uh, if they bow out meekly here, especially uh, after last year in the bubble, losing to the Heat in the first round. Yeah. Hated hated seeing my guy Terry Stotts get fired out in mm. Portland. Broken off. I thought he was fired like four years ago. Honestly, <laughs> so. it's like when it's like when we thought Craig T. Nelson died. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Uh, big big men's soccer game here the other night, TC in Denver. I I kind of missed it, unfortunately. The the U.S. Mexico match sounded like a real bloodbath. Uh, yeah, I, I I've renounced the. Uh, I'm not really a soccer guy, but I I I, I think the the U.S. men's national team is an outright disgrace. Bring back Jurgen is what I say. I, Jurgen was the best thing to happen to that to that program. I'm with you, Randy. Um. What I'm trying to think. Oh, TC, there's a huge antitrust bill that just got through the New York Senate. Uh, apparently, all uh, like all, all your favorite antitrust hitters on Twitter are raving about it, which you never see. I, I got to do some more exploring there. And it's opening up the, the uh, opportunity for just a wave of class action lawsuits too, which is always, always interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big tech, what do you think about your boy Bezos going to space here in a little bit? Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that was, that was coming up already. Yeah. I mean, that was like the whole thing, right? That was, that, that's like the reason he's wanted to make all this money is cause he's, he's like this huge, he's this huge space guy. He wants yeah. to like basically control space. July 20th, he and his brother are, <laughs> are going and I guess they're auctioning off another seat on the flight. And it's like right now it's at three and a half million, according to what I feel like Lance Bass needs to holler at him. Right? Blue Origin is Randy, how much would you pay to go to space? Um it's one of those things where I I wouldn't really want to go because I'd be very nervous (laughs) about a lot of things, but I know that I should for the experience. So I would bid 
I, I would pay, you know, given my personal circumstances, like I would pay like $10,000. I feel like would be a pretty substantial bid for me. <laughs> I think I would just go skydiving instead. Yeah. I don't know. We were, I we'll forget, we were talking about hot air balloons the other day. Like you would have yeah. to knock me out to get me in a hot air balloon. I think <laughs> like that just. I think you're too tall. Your, your head would be up by the flame. And not only that, the basket, I'd be scared of just inadvertently tripping and falling over the side of the basket. Not a good, not a good situation. When I was, when I was growing up, I totally forgot about this. When I was growing up, God, I was probably six years old, seven years old. I don't even know if Neil would remember this. He was young. We lived in Atlanta before we moved to Canada. Um, there was a hot air balloon that just like randomly one Saturday morning landed in our front yard. What? It was wild. Yeah. They just like ran out of juice and like landed in our front yard in Dunwoody, Georgia. It was, it was nuts. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to ask my parents if they remember that. Cause it, it, it maybe I dreamed it, but I think it definitely happened. And, uh, yeah, so I've, if you I've never dreamed that it. Was, that's that's really, almost even better. <laughs> that was that was my only experience with with uh, hot air balloons. We might we so. might need Peg or the franchise on to uh, to detail that at some point. Um, uh, what? That's else? all I had, man. Uh, I thought I had one more. Um, Any mea culpas? Oh, Poosh, our buddy Poosh back channeled and said there apparently there are no four star Michelin restaurants. I, I guess it yes. only goes up to three stars. Poosh was very, very adamant about that. Yeah. So I will apologize on behalf of Kira. I had no idea. So Mr. Poosh, I'm sorry uh, for suggesting there are four-star Michelin restaurants. Actually, there's there's a little bit of talk of Michelin stars uh, uh, in our interview with our Stockholm guests, uh, or with our Sweden guests. Uh, Stockholm just got their first three-star Michelin restaurant re- recently. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, gosh, I thought I had, oh, uh, so I was back home in Cincinnati last week and, um, I, I don't know why that's relevant, except I was talking to my old man about it. Uh, the G7 just passed an intriguing or, or the, the finance, I think it's the finance ministers or the treasury ministers of the G7 nations came to an initial agreement about a tax. A tax, a, a tax rate. Yeah. And, and tax minimum, I think. Exactly. 15%. And so essentially trying to weed out these tax havens for corporations. He's pissed about that. Our Irish friends. Ireland. I know because right now they're at 12 and a half, which is attracting a ton of headquarters and business activity. And shell corporations. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I like it. I'm a bit skeptical that anything comes to fruition. It's a lot of moving parts to get on the same page. But I do think, you know, otherwise it's just a race to the bottom. And, and what are we left with in the end? You know, everybody might as well just go to zero now. But uh, we'll see. But the old man and I, he's an accountant. Uh, we, we, had a, we had a good discussion about that. You guys could probably reach across the aisle on that one, right? <laughs> He's a little yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to convince him a little bit, but um, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, that's all. That's all I had. Uh, actually, last thing I had, my man Juan Smith got oh, traded. I know. End of an era in Atlanta. Uh, Juan Smith, of course, is Julio Jones. Randy lovingly refers to him as Juan Smith. <laughs> I don't uh, even know why anymore. But you know, just taking two other names that are closely related. You said he, you know, he's, he's a, he was a mediocre, generic receiver. In your That's words. why. Yeah, yeah. One, one Smith. I don't know. What do you think? What did the Falcons get for him? I did. I didn't even really see the details. Second and a fourth, and they could give up a sixth. But I mean, and basically, they other teams wanted him to to uh, eat some of his salary for this year, and they got full full cap relief from this year on it. So. I don't know. It's just an indictment of everything that Thomas Dimitrov and, and Pioli and Arthur Blank and Rich McKay, like there's just, they mismanaged the hell out of the last six years, seven years, eight years. It's been just painful to watch. I mean, just awful, awful free agent signings, cap management, all of it. It's insane. Like they, they had to make this trade. Otherwise they couldn't even sign their rookie class. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Is, so is it officially the 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 Ridley era? Is the Riddler the number? Well, one? yeah, and Ridley's a restricted free agent after this year, so it's not like they're going to be in much better shape. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. It's a fucking mess, Randy. Hate that. Hate that for you. I hate that for all the Falcons fans. So, um, yeah. So I'm left, you know, left watching the Jags here in Jacksonville. What's the word on Tebow? Any any latest? People are people are surmising that it's a uh, it's a it's a ruse by by Urban to take the spotlight off of Trevor. They kind of keep things, you know, keep things, you know, kind of distract the media a little bit. But I'm not buying it. I don't think Urban's that clever. No, I don't think Urban plays. He's not playing chess here. I, I think he just, I don't know. He's just yeah. attached to that dude. Um, all right. Well, you teased a little bit. Our guest is obviously, uh, having to do with Sweden from Sweden. With, yes. I, I think we effort a few people though, before we finally got to, I think our did first, talk to. we efforted Ibrahimovic Zlatan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not available. Yeah. You know who else I was wanting to talk to was Robin Soderling. Remember that tennis player? Kind of vaguely, very vaguely. He was uh, kind of just big, baseline, heavy, heavy forehands, backhands. Um, he was he was pretty good there for a little bit, but couldn't get him. A lot of Swedes, a lot of Swedes. We efforted. We uh, we kept it in the family. Um, my uh, my my wife's aunt uh, and Anne and and her boyfriend T. Um, just wonderful people. Two of my favorite people. They make. Um, they are probably two of the most knowledgeable culture, food, hotel people I've ever met. And um, yeah, just delightful. And they're also like very rabid golfers. Um, they've recently gotten madly deeply in love with golf over the last like two years and, and grew up playing a little bit, but uh, they have, uh, they played 70 rounds last year. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they live, they live right downtown Stockholm and um yeah, just just very switched on people. So excited to talk to them. I am so I'm so happy that there are guests. I was a little disappointed. You know, our guy <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, I think would have been a good guy to talk to. Who's Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren. He's the uh he was the Russian guy in, in the Rocky movie, the the bad guy. I've never seen Rocky. Oh my gosh. Never watched it. It's I mean, I've it. seen like clips and stuff, but sure. never it's like Star Wars. I've never, never watched it. Never sat down and watched it all the way through. There are a ton of, they're just very interesting people from Sweden. Um, well, cool. Let's. I, I, I guess without further ado, should we get to it? Let's get to it. All right. All right. Before we do get to that interview, I want to jump in real quick and thank our other sponsor for today's episode and that is our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, it's also America's top rated sportsbook. TC, since I moved out here to Denver, I can actually play some of these losing bets that I keep sharing week to week. Um, it's It's a great app, great website, easy to navigate, plenty of information for new bettors, limitless ways to get in on all the action. Besides the golf this week, lots of NBA playoff lines, TC. I, I think your Jazz are four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Clippers. What do, what do you think there? I mean, I think the Clippers might be, might be fraudulent. So, you know, I'm going, I'm going with, I'm riding the Jazz until they buck me. Looks right? like Jazz are only three-point favorites. Yeah, I, I, I got to like that, too. At, at home, game one, they're going to have tons of energy. Um. I, I, I do like that. What other line? Oh, the Suns are six-point favorites over the Nuggets. I was a little surprised about that, too. Suns are spry right now. I'm, they I'm are. a little bit worried that they're, they're too flashy. They're too trendy right now. You know what else? Uh, they just released odds for uh, the Tour de France. I did Shit. see that. Yeah. God, Why we got to get involved there. Yeah, yeah we got to get deep in that. Right now, uh, is it po- Pogacar, the guy Pogacar. who won last yeah. year? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the favorite right now. Plenty of ways to get involved. If uh, sports betting isn't your thing, they have tons of daily fantasy contests as well. So 
So listeners, right now, be sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Certain restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now on to our conversation. All right, joined now uh, two very special guests. I think in the theme of the Scandinavian mixed event this week, we're going to do mixed guests. We're going to have, we've got a couple members of my family and my wife's family, um, Anne and T from uh, Stockholm, Sweden. So welcome on. It's, uh, I appreciate you guys joining me. It's what, nine o'clock over there, 9 p.m. over there right now? Well, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's really awesome. Nice to to finally be be here. We've heard your podcast and really enjoy it since it's part of the family member as well. Well, it's it's really nice to be here. So you guys are you're two of the more like golf obsessed, rabid golfers uh, I know right now, and and that hasn't always been the case. (laughs) You were just saying before we started recording. You guys played about seventy rounds last year, which is is pretty uh, pretty impressive considering you live in Sweden and it's a it's a relatively short season. Yeah, it's like five months probably. I mean, the first time we we went out this year, it was snowing on the eighteenth uh, fairway, and the last time we played in twenty twenty, it was snowing on the eighteenth fairway. So uh, yeah, we we stretched the the season as much as we can. That's for sure. <laughs> what. What is the season? Like, when does it when does it start in earnest, and when when? I would say mid April if you're lucky, and then it ends mid October. Okay. If you're lucky, um, but uh, I mean, the, the the golf is is okay from June till August, September. And then you're kind of you're kind of pushing it that last last three or four weeks. Yeah. 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 What's uh and then. Like I'm, I'm always jealous because you have so much daylight. How often do you do you find yourself going out at, say, seven, eight o'clock at night and playing, or is it is it typically midday? Well, I mean, for us, I would say since both of our, I mean, both of us are morning people, um, we really tend to. I mean, when when during when we don't have vacation, when we work, of course, we play usually on Saturday and Sunday, then we go out as early as possible, like 8, 7, 8 in the morning. But the, the good thing, with the, as you said, with the daylight here in Sweden is when you work, you know, that you can still go out like 5 o'clock in the evening, uh, and uh, especially during June, and July, July yeah. I would say, and uh, go out like five or six and still have the daylight and be able to play a full round without any issues at all. I mean, here in Stockholm, we really don't have the midnight sun, but if you go further up north, they have the midnight sun, so then you can go out anytime mm. at all. I mean, 10 o'clock at night, because there's mm. always daylight uh, during the month of June and the beginning of July. I think even when I, like, when uh, Alex and I came over a few years ago, I just remember, yeah, like 11, 11, PM, even midnight, just not not necessarily being dark. Like you could still, it was almost like just mm-hmm. dusk. It was dusk for three, four hours, you know, and, and then it gets, yeah. gets kind of dark and then kind of gets dawnish for, for a few hours. <laughs> um, yeah. so. But I mean, the, at, right now in Stockholm, the sun comes up at four o'clock in the morning. So if you're a morning person, I mean, it's, uh, it's perfect. I, I think the most beautiful part of golf is going out onto the first tee and the mist is still there and the moisture on the green and it's completely quiet and the birds are just starting to sing and it's, uh, it's so quiet and it's so, such a unique uh, nature experience, I think. Do, do tea times start at, at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or do they wait? Yeah, they until... they start at seven, but seven. Okay. Uh, before that they have of course the, uh, the 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 mowers. Is that what you call it when yeah. they mow the the greens and stuff? <laughs> the green keepers, right? Uh, but there's always an opportunity to to go out before they uh, the green keepers do their rounds. So yeah, that's it's called something called I don't know the the thing in English. Oh, in Swedish, it's called Bolrena. It's uh, it's you go uh, early 
and you put your peg into like a slot there, time slot that you're going to play. It's before the booking starts. Okay. So people know that you're going to go out hmm. and play. So that's like, then some people go out like five in the morning or six even. So that's quite, that's quite it's awesome. pretty Most casual. Clubs, <laughs> it's I pretty think, casual. Yeah, yeah. Most of the clubs, I think, uh, has that opportunity to do it. Some don't, don't. They do it strictly by the tea times, you know. It yeah. starts like at 7.30, 8 in the morning mm. until like late evening. And then as far as, as far as the golf culture in Sweden, is it, is it primarily public, private, uh, kind of a mix or is it, you know, uh, do we, people, we have a yeah. completely different system than you guys. I mean, it's, it's not, um, you have to be a member in some club, uh, any club at all. There's, there's like, they call letterbox clubs where you just pay like $50 per year just to be a part of the kind of golf association, yeah. the Swedish golf association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get your ID. So if you, if you have a handicap of 36 and you are a member of a, any golf club at all, you can always pay a play on green fee at any club in Sweden at all, every club. Uh, but then if you're a member at a club, of course you pay for free, but it's not, it's not the same kind of, um, what do you call it? A uh, club culture yeah it's not a country club culture Mm, it's more like it's all circled around the golf there's there's nothing else except the a restaurant i mean you have some of the of course you have some of the exclusive ones in sweden i mean you have like in in ulna and uh, fogelbro and uh, you have um, you know those more exclusive but it's still pretty much more country club like but the most of the clubs I would say around uh, is like very casual. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds much more like the Australian kind of Scottish model than, than the messed up, uh, you know, socioeconomic model we have here in the States. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that's pretty similar. For yeah. Sure. Um, the, the good thing is actually here is that nearly all the clubs that if you're a part of the golf, the Swedish golf association, you have your ID. You can just play green fee, mm-hmm. and play green fee and play basically anywhere. But some, some of course, some clubs are very expensive on the green fee, and some are a oh, lot cheaper. Re- relatively, I would well, say. Well, I mean, it's compared it's, to US. I think. Yeah. It's still it, quite it, it ranges. <laughs> it ranges anywhere from sixty to uh, two hundred and fifty dollars okay. for a green fee in Sweden. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's relatively in the in the ballpark of what what you'd pay over here for for. For a decent course, you know, you'll, you certainly mm-hmm. have your Pebble Beaches and others that that'll get up to you know four or five, eight hundred bucks a, mm. a pop. But um, and then as far as Stockholm's concerned, where do you all play? We play in the archipelago because the archipelago is the beauty of Sweden. So we are members in Ingare, which is a small island out very close. It takes us twenty minutes. We live in downtown Stockholm. And it takes us 20 minutes to go out into the archipelago and play in a, uh, at Ingare. Yeah. Um, so it, they have two courses. One is a forest course, I would say, very tricky. And, and, and you need to play with your, with your mind and your intellect. And then they have like a, a park course where you can just feel free. And, uh, Try it out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Miss the fairway and you're still not out of bounds. Yeah. And you still find your ball, which you don't do on the forest course. As far as the tournament this week, uh, they're down, down on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen, I, I know there's a lot of, lot of good golf down there. I'm actually super, uh, uh, is it, is, is it Valda? Yeah, Valda. It's uh, south of Gothenburg. It's uh, it's quite a unique course, I think. It's um, it's uh, like a moorland course. It's on the west coast and coast, and, and down there, it's you know, it's really windy. I wouldn't call it the Lynx course, but they 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 say themselves that it's a part of Scotland and Sweden. But okay. I would say it's pretty much feels like Scotland for sure. Almost looks like on the pictures, like a kind of a. Uh, English Heathland course, like, yeah, like you yeah. find around London. Yeah, Heathland is probably yeah. the right word. Yeah, um, and it, sure. and it, and it looks like it plays relatively firm and fast. Like it's got fescue and it and it plays, you know, For plays sure. kind yeah. of as a links course would. So, um, as we've, far as we've had some bad weather, so I hope it's firm. 
for the for the tournament. Okay. We've had a lot of, of rain in Stockholm. I'm not sure how it's been yeah, down. I think it's down the west coast has been also quite a bit of rain lately. Yeah. So so let's see. Fing, it fingers crossed it's, it's um, but it's it's so windy down there that I'm sure it's gonna, you know, all the moisture is gonna blow away pretty soon. Yeah. What uh it, it, as far as the kind of the the Stockholm area versus that you know, Gothenburg, West Coast area was. Is there a little bit of a rivalry between the two regions, or is it? <laughs> yeah, well, Gothenburg, which is close to Valda, where the where the tournament is, is always called the second city of Sweden, and and there's nothing wrong with being number two, right? It's just a reference of size, so. Yeah. I don't know what what they're so hung up about. <laughs> I mean, it kind of well, sounds I mean, like yeah, a New York Boston kind of thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, I would say it's a bit. Of course, it's more like people from Stockholm tend to when we go down to Gothenburg, they they like we feel like they they feel people from Stockholm are very snobby and you know, like uh, I don't know, they treat us differently. Whereas we don't feel like. We are like that, and and we actually like Gothenburg. Yeah, we do. And we, we, do. we, we go down to Gothenburg. I mean, it's uh, or West Coast in general. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, we, it's, it's very if, nice people. If we tend to treat them the unfairly, it's because they have the best seafood in the world. So we're quite envious because Gothenburg and the West Coast in Sweden is the best place for seafood in the world. And and believe me, I've had my share of seafood. I mean, Sweden in general have super seafood, and you know that. Yes. Uh, and the best seafood you can find is in Gothenburg or the West Coast. Shrimps and, and crawfish and oysters, everything is just fantastic. I'm, st- I'm still so dreaming if, if about we, those. If we're kind of frustrated with them, it's because we're envious of their seafood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about those those uh, those shrimp sandwiches, those little tiny shrimp, uh, those, uh, those yeah. sweet shrimp. Those are fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that kind of the Gulf Coast of Sweden, or is it is it you know is is it pretty spread out as far as there's good courses all over the place? I mean, there's pretty good golf courses all over, but I would say the West Coast because of the location. They're they're very windy, and uh, some of them are pretty links uh, type of of, of golf. Uh, so they are very the, the ones on the West Coast are very popular. I think with the more experienced golfers whilst the inland and the east coast are more you know generous towards us who are not as you know not expert golfers gotcha. yet gotcha um yeah one that's always been on my list is visby over on, on the Ooh. east yeah, coast yeah yeah that's the number one now in sweden everybody yeah. you know i haven't played it but they say it's amazing yeah it looks looks spectacular um, just you know like just water water kind of in all directions and Great views and yeah. You know, this place on on an island on the east coast of Sweden. It's a it's a beautiful island, and uh, of course, it's uh, um, yeah. They've taken really good care of the golf course. Um, well, as far as in the, and so really, as far as uh, the tournament this week, is there a buzz amongst the, the Swedish golf uh, circles? As far as I mean, you've got your two, you know the two biggest. Swedish golf stars Henrik and and yeah. uh, and uh, Annika, um, you know, putting I, it I on. Think, yeah, I think everybody is kind of proud both that we have uh, two such important, you know, golf icons, um, and also that I think Sweden is very proud to be a very emancipated country, and that for the first time there's um, a truly, you know, equal tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the feeling that I get, it's more like a low key pride rather than, you know, a big buzz. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like on the news every day that it's going to happen. Uh, I think it's more like in, in the golf circles, people are pretty, you know, proud. I would say that both these stars are doing this for, for golf in yeah. general and, and for the for the Swedish kind of pride, yeah, I guess, also, in, in how far we've gotten within, uh, you know, the gender equality uh, question. And also now to, to be able to have a, like a, such a high-profile tournament here in, in, in Sweden as well. Mm. 
Uh, I think that's also uh, what a lot of people are really excited about, that it's also gotten so much international uh, exposure as well. People are talking about it uh, and looking forward to this. So I would say definitely. Yeah, and I think also that, you know, Swedish golf has had a really good boom lately. And I think both Henrik and Annika was a, you know, a result of the previous boom, uh, like 20 years ago when they were young. Mm -hmm. And I think something similar to that is happening now. I think actually the pandemic has kind of made that happen even more than it was, was before. It's like all time high in Sweden. Now the number of, of, um, rounds played, et cetera. So, um, I think we're looking forward to having, new Annika's and Henrik's uh, growing up right now. Well, there's certainly, uh, you're watching the U.S. Women's Open last week and uh, went to the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and I think half the field was seemingly uh, Swedish ladies. It was it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Between yeah, Lynn Grant. have been doing well. It's crazy. There's, you know, there's, there's so many in the collegiate ranks here in the States right now. And, um, and then, you know, yeah. like our friend Madeline, she's, she's playing quite well. I think she's, she'll probably be on the upswing here over the next, yeah, next couple yeah. of months and everything. She's so, doing well. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's the, that's the fun thing here as well. When you go out on the golf courses, I mean, of course, still it's, it's like as a majority men, but you see a lot of young girls and women playing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see it much more here than I've seen it uh, uh, like when we were in the US or or in uh, anywhere else yeah. of, of Europe. So that, that's actually uh, you see that mix and that interest is it's quite high mm. even uh, amongst the the female part of the population. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, just selfishly, I'm looking forward to watching it just from the perspective of, you know, like they've done, they've done a ostensibly mixed event in, in Victoria down, down in Australia, but it really wasn't, it was, you know, it was two tournaments being hosted at the same site at the same time, basically. Mm -hmm. And this is truly I, like when they make the cut, they're, they're taking the, the low 60 scores, regardless of gender, they're, you know, all of the uh, all of the groups are, are are completely mixed. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. Um, yeah. You know, and and really to see how they set the golf course up, and and you know, obviously playing from two different sets of tees, but there's there's just different considerations with you know with kind of ball flights and 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 spin levels and trajectory and all that. So I think it'll be a really interesting yeah. case study. So yeah, oh, for, for, sure. Sure. for sure. I mean, Annika did something really cool. I think when she played, uh, you know, against the men. But this is this is different. This is you know taking it to a completely different level. Um, I think it's going to be. Um, I mean, I I grew up horseback riding, and at horseback riding, there's always been, you know, men and women are competing against each other completely, um, mm. without any prejudice and. Uh, I, I find it very interesting to see what's going to happen with golf after this, for sure. So, moving off of golf a little bit, like what else is going on in Sweden right now? Are people are people kind of <laughs> kind of getting back to uh, you know, yeah, you know, getting back to normal a little bit, or is it you know, is it is it uh, just you know, kind of still still in the in the last last grabs of the pandemic, or what's the what's the current mood over there? I would say, I mean, the, 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 the mood is in general is, is quite good. I mean, uh, the thing with Sweden, I think the, it differs a bit that we took a different tactics with COVID is that we didn't do a full shutdown, like a mandatory, it was more like recommendations, people working from home, stuff like that. So it's like the restaurants haven't been closed. I mean, they've closed earlier, but you've, you've always been able to go to the restaurant here. I mean, the schools have been open, so there hasn't been a lockdown. More or less been open. So um, I think the big, biggest thing has been like the most of people have been working from home instead. But uh, of course now, uh, given the fact that they have started with the vaccination. The weather is much better. That always helps. Yeah. Uh, I think the mood is much, much better. And we actually lifted uh, some of the restrictions uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think it was first of 
June, uh, yeah, where Tuesday. restaurants uh, can have uh, can be open until ten thirty in the evening. Uh, but before that, we they had to close uh, eight thirty or eight. So, so that I mean, you see in in Stockholm in the city center, you see a buzz totally different. I mean, it feels like uh, things are mm. going back to normal. Uh, yeah. It's like very positive. There's there's this uh, thing in Sweden because of the weather that we keep the cows in the uh, barn for the entire winter. And when you open up the barn and the cows can go out into the green fields, it's like something that people, you know, they they will go into the countryside to watch the cows completely hilariously and, and super happy just jump into the green fields after being locked down for, for the entire winter. And that's the feeling that's going on right now at this moment is that people are, you know, like, like the cows after six months of, of being locked down in, in the barn for winter are, are just leaping out to the green fields and, and uh, behaving in weird and mysterious ways. <laughs> um. Well, as far as, uh, you know, normally we, d we dive into a little bit different because we're doing a whole country this week instead of a very specific area. But typically we ask for some recommendations just on, you know, local restaurants. And I mean, it sounds like you've got some fondness for Gothenburg as well. So like, fa like favorite, let's say somebody's coming into Stockholm for, you know, next year for a week. What are your yeah. top, you know, three or four favorite restaurants or bars or things to do there and then same thing with uh with uh, gothenburg well i mean when it comes to stockholm um i would say uh, uh restaurants the restaurant scene in stockholm has been actually really great for the last couple of years it's been growing a lot of new a lot of new trendy restaurants been opening more and more uh, we've seen for the last like five six years i would say of course the the pandemic hits hits uh, some of them, uh, but but we still have had a lot of new ones opening up. Um, one of my favorites, I would say, definitely on an Italian, like if you like Italian, I would argue, um, to Papa's uh, is one uh, genuine Italian restaurant here that is really good. Uh, it's run by like the same Italian family for like, 20, 30 years now. And it's gone through different generations and it ha has like a really nice buzz. So that one I would definitely recommend Papa's uh, uh, for Italian. I would say if you want to go upscale, I mean, we have our first uh, three-star uh, Michelin star restaurant that, uh, that is Francien which is also super popular here, but super expensive, mm -hmm. uh, of course. Uh, but it's also really, really good. And I would say as well, another interesting experience is a restaurant quite near us at Södermalm, which also is an island in Stockholm, mm -hmm. uh, which is called Punk Royale. And there you go. I mean, it's a crazy experience when the staff is going around with like plastic gloves and putting food in your mouth, you don't know what it is. They just bring out a shot of vodka you have to take. I mean, it's, it's a crazy experience. Uh, that one for sure I would recommend. Uh, <laughs> then uh, another really nice place is uh, this uh, hotel. Uh, it's actually um, funded by, uh, like uh, co-owned by the very famous Swedish producer, Max Martin, which is called At Hem, oh, yeah. uh, which also has a fantastic restaurant, which we were going to take you to when you, you were going to come to us before COVID. Yeah. God, that <laughs> feels like it was five years ago at this point. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was planning I on coming over before our St. Andrews trip. Uh, I guess that was last year, right? Um, yeah. But uh, I would say, yeah, so I would say those would be my my. I mean, my recommendation would be if you're in Gothenburg or on anywhere on the West Coast, any place that serves seafood. I mean, there's a place in Hage in Gothenburg it's called Sjöbaren, the sea bar, 
Uh, and it's a tiny restaurant, but everything they serve, they don't have a menu. They just serve stuff that, you know, is fresh from the, from the sea. And uh, if you like the shrimps, you should eat their crawfish. It's to die for. So if you're on the West Coast, you know, just go to any seafood place or a fish restaurant and the, the food will be amazing. It's funny. I like, I always fashion myself as, you know, I'm a foodie or I'm, I, you know, I like food and everything like that. You guys put me to shame. I mean, like when I talk to you all about food or when, when, uh, we came over last time, it was uh, like, you took us to that, that, um, that hotel and we, we had drinks outside too, right on the, um, right on the water there. Lima. Yeah. Yeah. That place was fantastic as well. So, Um, yeah, and also another nice experience, uh, I would say, in Stockholm now, it's uh, Talk, uh, which is one of the one of the first, I would say, rooftop bars in, in Stockholm. That has been a bit a new trend, I would say, here in Stockholm the last couple of years. That they, we're, we're we're having more rooftop bars, which is really nice, actually. Yeah, because the view of the city is so beautiful. So talk is definitely one, one of them that is uh, uh, very popular and big. They have a really nice restaurant as well with an Asian flair. T is talking about the cool places. I'm talking about the the, the (laughs) ingredients. I I have to kind of say that the Swedish strawberries is something that you cannot miss. I think the thing with, with Sweden is that because it's so cold, both the water and the air is so cold that things grow very slowly. But the thing with sweet things is that when they grow really slowly, they become even sweeter. So that's why the tiny little shrimps are so sweet and taste amazing. And the strawberries are really small, but they're super sweet. So anything, you know, that is sweet and gross either in the sea or on land, try it in Sweden because if it survives, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty, pretty concentrated. Yeah, exactly. Did you all make it, uh, ever make it up to Fabiken before they closed? No, no, before they closed. No, no we didn't. Yes, we didn't have the, the opportunity to go there, but we have had uh, friends that went, went up there. And mm-hmm. I mean, they, they also said that it's, uh, that's amazing that you know of that place. Huh? Oh, that was, yeah, no, that's, that's been, true. I was yeah, yeah, so bummed sure. to see they close, but I was, that was on yeah. my list for Alex and I to go to at some point. It's like a bucket list, you know, kind yeah. of destination. We keep you updated if there's a new fabric and tour yeah. or something similar to, to visit so that we can persuade you to come to Scandinavia again. What does, uh, like, as far as Scandinavia is concerned, um, do you, do you all consider, like, it's, you know, and it's the Scandinavian mix this week. So is it, you know, obviously Scandinavia is Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. Do you do you also consider mm-hmm. Finland, uh, you know, Finland, Iceland, um, you know, as they, part they of Scandinavia? They are part of well? the Nordic countries, but the Scandinavian uh, is a half island. I don't know what that's called in English. Uh, so the, it's called it's the Scandinavian Peninsula. Peninsula. Okay. And the Scandinavian Peninsula is Sweden, uh, Norway, and Denmark. But then. The Nordic countries also include Finland and Iceland. And and as far as we always ask people to, I, I hope I'm right about this. <laughs> no, I think I, I think you sure, are, but I yeah. think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's like how would you rank from just personal preference if you were taking a trip out of the the Nordic countries? Where would you? Oh, Norway where, for sure. Norway for sure. Norway is probably yeah. I mean, Norway is probably one of the most beautiful countries. If you're into nature, mm-hmm. I mean, they have the fjords. It's it's an amazing, amazing country. From if you're in in Europe during the summer, I, I would even I would go to Norway before I go to Sweden. It's amazingly beautiful. But Denmark is also for sure a very it's a fun place. I mean, Den- Denmark is fun and much more continental than Sweden and, and Norway yeah. is. But if you're looking for beauty, go to Norway. If you're looking for fun, go to Denmark. And if you're looking for both, go to Sweden. And then why would you go to Finland or Iceland? What, what are the, what are the, well, I mean, the draws there? 
Finland, I mean, of course, uh, they have also the scenery during winter time. It's really beautiful. Yeah, if you go in the winter, I would go to Finland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Iceland, I mean, I guess it's. Uh, I mean, I, I've never been to Iceland myself, but it, I if mean, you, of course, they're for, for their. If, okay, if, no, if so. you like something that is out of the ordinary, Iceland is nice. I mean, they serve rotten fish and they have like volcanoes and stuff. <laughs> uh, and they have Icelandic courses. And I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm yeah. sure it's beautiful. Yeah. I haven't been there. So, but uh, I mean, it's, but it is pretty far. Yeah, it, but it is a popular yeah. uh, travel place, actually, uh, especially Iceland. Yeah, uh, but I would say, like, uh, to be honest, the, the out of those countries, it's basically would be Denmark and Sweden that pops out in terms of tourism. Okay. Uh, uh, I tend to disagree. I think Norway probably has a lot of, of tourists as well. But yeah, I mean, I it, it, it's it, it sounds we are very small countries when it comes to population, but we're. Pretty, pretty large when it comes to mm-hmm. size. So it's not like you're going from, yeah. you know, small town to another. You know, it's uh, the distances are pretty. You know, yeah. no, absolutely. Uh, Especially from like, you know, I've looked at taking the train from, from Iceland Copenhagen to Denmark. It's to, pretty far. Yeah, or from like Copenhagen to Stockholm. I mean, that's a long, it's a relatively long train ride. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, even I mean, within I mean, with the seven Sweden, hours, I, mean, I would say from the northern part of uh, Sweden to the southern part. I mean, it's it's. I mean, really, really far away. Last question I have for you, and then I'll get you out of here. But what, uh, what's your most when you come to the U.S. and you play golf? What's the biggest difference? Just you know, as far as <laughs> as far as the experience goes, like what do you notice uh, first, or can what? Can I answer first? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know for sure. And uh, the 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 cards. Yeah. The cars. Yeah, with the with the with the beer kind of um, uh, <laughs> the cup holder, the cooler, and the cooler, the, yeah. the car and the cooler. Because here, you know, you're completely exhausted because you walk for four and a half hours up and down the hills, and it's it's more of a physical thing here. Mm-hmm. So it feels very much vacation time when you play golf in the US. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would tend to s- agree because. Yeah, I would say the maybe here. I mean, in in Sweden, I feel like we see it more as a sport. Where uh, in the U.S., it feels a bit more like pleasure. <laughs> uh, uh, but of course, it's I mean the the, the clubs. It's a bit more exclusive as well. Mm-hmm. It, it it feels like that. Uh, the whole, I mean, um, the whole feel around when you go into to uh, like a golf club in the U S one of the ones that we have been to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, it's a special feeling. I mean, uh, but you, of course you, the, you get pampered yeah. and I mean, you get, I mean, that's the level of, of service and stuff like that. But I, I would say it's a bit more casual in Sweden. Yeah. And I, I think that. And the, 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 the courses the, are much longer in the U S exactly. <laughs> they are. Uh, but I think they're probably trickier here. Mm-hmm. Because there is more forests and, and things to to lose your balls in. Yeah, it's definitely I've I've noticed that just between here in Scotland or here in Ireland or wherever, just it's it's treated much more like a sport in other places. Whereas here, it's it's almost like an excuse to drink. Whereas there, you're, <laughs> you know, there you are. Here, you almost feel embarrassed if you if you have you know uh, if you're pushing your 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 bag because a lot of people carry it and mm-hmm. that's that's where i draw the line yeah well and it's and it's kind of you know it's like hey you drink your beer after the round or you drink yeah, your exactly. glass wine after the round <laughs> that's, that's we do that's for, that's for sure, sure. we do well. that yeah. So, yeah but that's after the fact <laughs> yeah. after you walk like four four and that's when hours. he's celebrating and i'm, I'm drowning my sorrows <laughs> uh well awesome what are your so i, I guess true last question um you know, playing 70 rounds a year, what are your goals? Like, what are you, are you, what are each of you working on? What are you trying to, um, for this, this golf season, what are your, your personal goals? Uh, I mean, I just want to keep enjoying myself and not letting it be a performance or, or pressure. I know I should practice my close game much more. And, and, you know, I, I, I just hate, standing there on the, on the, on the green uh, practicing putts, but I just, I just 
want to, you know, keep enjoying it the way I do. And then once in a while, just hit that perfect drive. Mm-hmm. I did win the longest drive competition in a, a competition I, I uh, did a couple of weeks ago. 207 meters. Okay, yeah. so probably what, 230? Yeah, 30 yards. Yeah. 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 So if I do that once a year, I'll be happy. Okay. T, what about you? Well, I mean, I would say in terms of, I have a couple of goals. I mean, in terms of my handicap, I want to bring it down to below 20 this season. Uh, I want to improve on my uh, wedge game. I mean, that needs improvement. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I would say that's basically the two two of my main goals because I think if I get that, I will for sure improve in my my handicap much more. And play more than sixty rounds before yeah, the for season sure. ends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Break, break the amount of rounds that we <laughs> really had last year, but I don't know if that's possible. We'll Maybe. see. We're yeah. working on it. We're working on it. Well, good. Well, I hope you. I hope you get there. I hope you keep it. Keep it going from last year. I hope it. You know all that momentum keeps going too. I'm hoping the same thing here in the States, like all this good momentum for golf keeps, keeps mm. rolling. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's the fun thing. I mean, that, like I was saying, the positive effect, I mean, we see that it's, it's, it has a, I mean, the, the downside of the COVID of course, but the upside has been for golf that the interest has increased so much here. And, I mean, we can see it definitely in Sweden. Mm. Uh, and that's fun to see. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It was great talking to you. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who